You are Locked On College Football, your daily podcast on all things college football. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Week four of the college football season, but weekend three of the college football podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ben Stevens, along with my co-host, Patrick Kahn. We are getting you set for another great weekend slate. 20 of the top 25 teams in the AP poll in action this weekend. Three top 25 battles. And of course, the SEC is back. So who better to talk about all the excitement in college football as we are joined every first segment of every Friday show here on the Locked On College Football Podcast. It is Colin Wilson. He's a senior writer for Action Network. And more importantly than that, Colin, at least in my mind, you are 2-0 and in your Locked On Locks of the Week here on the Locked On College Football Podcast, riding with De'Aaron King in Miami last week over Louisville. And oh my God, what easy money that was. Yeah, I mean, it was the whole thing. I mean, and that's the whole reason why I probably, you know, might want to fade him a little bit this week because he's living on the explosive play. Miami is not moving the chains very well. They're not very good in success rate, but boy, are they dominating when there's a busted play. And if you get against the defense, has any kind of athleticism whatsoever and catch you in space, it's going to be a problem. So we'll see if that happens this week. Rhett Lashley and De'Ara King, the passing attack last week, though, was lethal. I mean, the big plays. I'm sure you guys saw the clip of – it was a score Miami had, and there wasn't even a Louisville defender within 25 yards. I mean, the entire screen was just a Miami receiver run down the sideline. It was impressive out of the Hurricanes last week. Yeah, and they're going to be – I mean, they're, they're going to be – they're a challenger in the ACC. I think they've separated themselves, and, and so there's going to be some exciting football coming to play. I'm glad they're back. The defense needs to shore up a little bit. They did a great job against Louisville. But, you know, when we go up against some big boys, we still got games against North Carolina, Notre Dame's in the conference, Clemson. I mean, we got a lot to work on. Let's let's uh, let's shift gears. I mean, I know we talked about the SEC being back, so I'm kind of curious. What's a game that people should be paying attention to on this SEC slate of games? Obviously, uh, probably not going to talk about Georgia. We're probably not going to talk about the Alabama game, Texas A&M and Vandy. Uh, what do you got for us? Yeah, I think most of those games are snoozers. Uh, you know, Arkansas. The, a lot of these teams fit. I mean, you want, to, you want to use decent investment skills when teams are playing their first game. You don't want to invest in people that are teams that have new coaches, new schemes, new players. It's a lot for them to come back on. And that's if we didn't even have a pandemic or we have missing practices. Uh, if we didn't have all this chaos that was going on outside of our, our practice world, uh, it's still hard to invest in them. So that's things that we want to avoid. That's Arkansas. Uh, you know, that, that's some of these other teams. But watch out for Texas A&M. That's not saying that Texas A&M and Alabama are complete slam dunks. Because they play each other next week, there's a good chance in the second half they go vanilla, which would give the other side. I don't know if Vanderbilt can, but at least Missouri uh, should have enough talent there that maybe they can hang around the second half to catch a backdoor on the 28. So it's not as easy on those big ones. Uh, but if we get outside those three games, those snoozers, I think the hottest game of the weekend is going to be Kentucky and Auburn. Uh, you have a very, you have a rising Kentucky program who, the field, not just in the record, rising in the SEC East ranks. I mean, they were a laughable joke of a football program ten years ago, uh, and now they're, you know, their recruiting classes and their on-field product is getting better and better by the year. And they returned everybody to this roster except for the guy that was running the whole show in Lynn Bowden Jr. last year. Uh, but everything else in the trenches. The skill positions. Terry Wilson, their quarterback, he's not even a fresh face. He played in 2018. He got hurt last year. Uh, so he has plenty of experience here. 
And the problem with Auburn is, is they are cleaned out on the trench on both sides of the football, offensive line, defensive line, gone. They play a four-two-five defense, almost all those secondary gone. Uh, they have some of the best wide receivers uh, in all of the SEC, uh, but Bo Nix, putting my faith into him while he's under pressure, it's not something I'm willing to bet on. Bo Nix, the SEC freshman of the year, but a lot of people thought maybe that's because he was a five-star recruit staying home in Alabama and playing for the Auburn Tigers. Regardless, some great SEC games. You talked about the big spreads we have with Alabama and Missouri, with Georgia and Arkansas, and with Texas A&M and Vanderbilt. All those spreads, four touchdowns or above. So let's look at a game that's a little bit closer outside of Kentucky and Auburn. That game that intrigues me is Florida and Mississippi, the start of the Lane Kiffin era for the running Rebels. What do you have in that game? Well, yeah, I mean, it's a complete wild card. I took 14 and a half earlier in the week. That's come down to 13 and a half and 13. I think it's really uh, confused a lot of people as to why this point spread would go down because there's a lot of variables going on with Ole Miss. We have Lane Kiffin as a head coach. He has said that he wants to revert to an offense from the 2018 Owls uh, when he had Kendall Browse as his offensive coordinator. Uh, Matt Corral was a quarterback, but that doesn't mean that we're not going to see John Reese Pomley. Uh, and, you know, that's a guy that he's just a highlight reel uh, in space. So if you give him any kind of space whatsoever, he can make you miss. So we don't really know what we're going to get from Ole Miss. And Todd Grantham's a defensive coordinator for Florida. He has said the same thing. We don't know what we're going to see. We don't know the formations. We don't know what quarterback. We got to keep an eye on Plumlee where he's lining up. Uh, so it's going to be a chore. Uh, I think the one thing that's interesting to me is probably uh, maybe looking at a second half under because there's some talk about uh, fatigue, the scrimmages for these two teams, uh, the conditioning not being there yet. Uh, so maybe, you know, it'll be an in-game play on an under here. I do think there's going to be explosive plays for Ole Miss because you don't know it's coming. Uh, but I think that once Florida gets into a rhythm, that defense will take over. One of the best defenses in the SEC uh, I was happy to take the 14 and a half on Ole Miss, uh, especially with Kyle Trask. Uh, he, he's missing, I think, his center this week. They have an offensive lineman that's not going to make the game. That offensive line did not protect Kyle Trask whatsoever last year, and he was really not that good throwing the ball. Uh, PFF put out an article where he had nine big-time throws and 22 turnover-worthy throws. That is a terrible ratio. He's like one of the worst-ranked quarterbacks in that category all of last season. And so I need to see better passing in tight windows from Kyle Trask before I lay money into him. I was happy to get the 14 and a half. I wouldn't play Ole Miss at 13, but if it come back, comes back up to 14 or so, I would look to take that, and I would definitely look to take an under end game. I think there's going to be explosive plays before the defense catches up. On the uh, Big 12 side, we have an intriguing game, I think, in Oklahoma State, who's going to be missing their quarterback. Spencer Sanders has got a high ankle, and then you have Jarrett Dagey, um, that defense also with the Steels brothers going up against an offensive line that struggled to protect their quarterback with Oklahoma State. Is that a game to get involved in? Yeah, I'm, I'm not getting involved in this because of the injuries and because of West Virginia's travel. Uh, Oklahoma State, you know, without Spencer Sanders, they looked pretty boring uh, without him. The backup quarterbacks didn't do anything to inspire any confidence. Uh, the offensive line didn't do enough for, for Chuba Hubbard to take off and, and flash everything that we need to cover a point spread. I'm uh, not sure who's going to throw it out to some of the, you know, skill position starts we have for the Cowboys on the outside. Uh, I was thoroughly unimpressed against the Tulsa team that has a good defense and they have a good rising defensive coordinator, but they shouldn't be good enough to have the lead most of the game and the challenge to beat Oklahoma State in their own house. So this is a game that's a complete stay away from me. Are there any other games outside of the SEC? We could be talking the other power fives like the ACC or the Big 12 that Patrick just brought up. There's a game in the group of five. 
that's kind of exciting as well with Cincinnati and Army. Yeah. Any other games that are catching your eye this weekend? The Cincinnati Army game is the, probably the the one I've got the most volume on this week, and and I'm pretty heavy on Cincinnati, and I know that Ooh. they're. I know there are some uh, out there that are uh, – listen, there's just so much Army love in the market right now about how they can do no wrong. And, and I mean, come on. Middle, you beat Middle Tennessee State. You beat a ULM team that has never been able to defend the rush in the Sun Belt and lost their defensive coordinator. Call These it. were screaming. 79-7, to seven, though. Two yeah, games, they I, beat their opponents 79-7. to seven. ULM and Middle Tennessee State. Who cares? I mean, 79-7. It's free money. It's uh, it's Bitcoin when it was like 200. Is you just put the money in and automatic. I mean, betting army is the easiest thing in the world. But if you take a look at Cincinnati, nine returning starters on defense. Uh, they are a ferocious group uh, in the front seven. They are run stoppers. If you look at them, they were top 30 in line yards. Uh, they were 15th in stuff rate. Uh, those are football outsiders categories that basically tell you, can you fill the gaps and stop runners at the line of scrimmage? And I think some of the narrative I've heard from people this week, which is laughable, is Cincinnati didn't play a triple option team last year. They have no clue how to defend the triple option. Well, let's think about that. Let's do a little bit of a history lesson. In 2017, Luke Fickle and his defense at, at Cincinnati got dominated by Navy. And so when he went into the offseason, he made a statement that during spring practice and during August, he was going to set time aside just for the triple option because of how tough it was and that he can't prepare for he spent like an entire two weeks preparing for Navy. And if you don't remember anything from 2018, they beat Navy 42 to zero and they held them to two yards per carry. Uh, they dominated the triple option. And so Luke Fickle takes it seriously. He's been practicing on it, waiting for this moment. He has the defense to do it. He has probably one of the best front seven he's ever had there at the program. They proved it last year with some of the run stopping and he spent extra time uh, the last couple of weeks getting ready just for this game. Uh, Cincinnati is one of the best teams in the group of five, and they have the defense that can stop a triple option team. I just think the stock couldn't be higher now, right now with who, who Army has played, uh, and, and people are forgetting that Cincinnati is actually a really dominant program that can contend with a lot of power five teams. All right, so you're 2-0 in your lock of the week. So right here on the Locked On College Football Podcast, we want to know what is your locked on lock of the week? I'm going to go with South Carolina against Tennessee. I, I am not a believer in what's going on with Jeremy Pruitt in Tennessee. I am not a believer that they're an explosive offense whatsoever. They have a lot of pieces coming back on the offensive line. Uh, but, you know, generally, I think Bill Muschamp is 7-1 and one in, his, in his career as a head coach against Tennessee. He usually dominates them. Uh, the biggest difference for me, this is always a close game. And, you know, getting the three and a half points with South Carolina, I think people are just not realizing this is a brand new South Carolina offense. They've had problems with Jake Bentley back for years where they just cannot throw the ball five yards down the field, nine yards down the field. They can't throw it past the first down marker. It's been a terrible offense, uh, inefficient, no explosiveness whatsoever. You bring in Mike Bobo. You bring in his quarterback from Colorado State, Colin Hill. If you happen to stay up late at night and watch a Colorado State football game, God knows I did because they beat the Razorbacks up in Colorado a couple of years ago. They, they can throw it. They can throw 600 yards a game. And there's no such thing as a five-yard pass in a Mike Bobo offense. South Carolina has a downfield passing game. Uh, you know, Colin Hill was named the starter a few days ago like he wasn't going to get the starting position. But with Mike Bobo in place, this is a different offense for South Carolina. And people are not taking that into account with the number. There we go. You heard it here first. The locked-on lock of the week for Colin Wilson heading into the fourth weekend of college football is South Carolina against Tennessee. Are you taking the points? Would you sprinkle a little bit on the money line as well? 
We're doing both. If you're a smart gambler, you you and you love an underdog, you generally go about eighty to ninety percent of your bet on the on the points, and you do about fifteen twenty percent on the money line, and and right and you know pour yourself a cocktail and have fun. Colin Wilson is a smart gambler. Ben Stevens, not so much. I told Colin before we started recording, I went 0-5 in my picks last week, and my locked-on locks are 0-2. But that's why you listen to Colin Wilson, and you do not listen to me. So, Colin, as always, a pleasure having you on the podcast. We'll talk to you next week when you are 3-0 with your locked-on locks. I'm just going to call it right now. Good luck, guys. Thank you for having me. So many thanks again to our man, Colin Wilson, who I'm calling it right now. Like I said, it depends on what happens with South Carolina and Tennessee, but he will be 3-0 and his locked-on locks of the week. And he's been energized the entire season as he's been watching college football, Patrick, and probably going through his list of bets every Saturday. And he keeps that energy high and that smart energy high with Built Bar because Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever. Do you not agree, Patrick Khan? You know, and I think based on his energy levels, he's got to be yep. checking out the mint chocolate chip brownie. I mean, Ooh. maybe he's got, some, he's got some peanut butter bars, but he went to BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code locked on. He got $10 off, and he probably used that $10 to make this bet on that Cincinnati game against the oh. Army. Ah, fantastic. You, that's the way you got to go, right? But I mean, without a doubt. You got 12 original flavors. Maybe he's doing one of the six new. There's 18 different flavors now. There's so much variety. You definitely got to check out. Go to BillBar.com. I mean, don't take my word for it. Try it yourself. I mean, that's what you do. You go to BuiltBar.com, you use the promo code Locked On, you get $10 off your next order. Again, Locked On, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, at BuiltBar.com for $10 off. Welcome back to segment number two of the Locked On College Football Podcast, the Friday episode as we get you set for weekend four of the college football season. Three of the Power Five conferences are in action. The SEC opens play, the Big 12 and the ACC, and we wait on the Big 10 and possibly the Pac-12. But huge Big 10 news just coming down the wire as we're recording Patrick Kahn. Rondale Moore, the 2018 Big 10 Freshman of the Year, has opted back in and will return to the Purdue Boilermakers for this upcoming season Big Ten Ben, myself right here is excited. You have Patrick Conley, host of Locked On Longhorns. We are getting you set for weekend four of college football. Like Colin mentioned, there are some great games this season, this weekend rather. And let's talk about some of our marquee matchups, Patrick, because I had one from the SEC that Colin did not mention, and that's the defending national champions, the LSU Tigers, opening up play against the air raid offense and Mike Leach making his debut for Mississippi State. That is the game. The SEC on CBS, 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 2.30 p.m. Central, 12.30 p.m. Pacific. Best theme song in sports. Sorry, just had to sing a little bit. I got to say, I'm looking forward to this game, not just for the game itself, but for the post-game news conference with Ooh. Mike Leach. Get, I get excited about those. I mean, I remember – covering Texas Tech, and he was part of Texas Tech, and the fat little girlfriends popped out. I mean, he's got so many different off-the-wall things. I mean, it's fantastic to have him in the SEC. I'm excited to see how this air raid offense is going to look. Obviously, you talk about K.J. Costello, who comes over from Stanford, uh, quarterback. He's going to be this new air raid. He doesn't fit the prototypical air raid quarterback, so it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, I think he has more pocket presence than a normal air raid quarterback would, but it's going to be interesting to kind of see how this offense gets involved, how they get going. It never felt like it really clicked for him at Washington State. Obviously, they 
couldn't beat Washington in, in his time there. But uh, we'll see how this air raid infects the SEC, who's known more about defense. I mean, you say post-game press conferences for Mike Leach. Let's not forget, we got Coach O. We got the Bayou Bengals. Go Tigers. I mean, you know, we still got some great press conference bites coming out of there. The cast of characters in the SEC West this year with Nick Saban, Ed Orgeron, Mike Leach, Lane Kiffin, Gus Malzahn. I mean, come on. It's incredible. It's going to be great theater for SEC football. We get Brad Nessler, Gary Anderson calling it for us. It's going to be incredible to watch. And I like in this game when you have the Tigers as a 16-and-a-half-point favorite, the over-under total at 57. Although LSU only returns five starters from last year's national championship team, a bunch of new faces around, including the quarterback, Miles Brennan, taking over for Joe Burrow. You still have one of the best defensive backs in all of college football, the most valuable non-quarterback, according to Pro Football Focus College, that being Derek Stingley Jr. returning for the Tigers. Until they're unseated, even with the air raid, even with KJ Costello, like you mentioned, even with one of the most electrifying running backs in the SEC in Kylan Hill, until LSU is unseated and doesn't look like their national title selves from last year, I like the Tigers. I pick them even with the points. You got a pick in this game? Uh, you know, I'd probably have to go LSU just because of, like yeah. you said, you know, you talk about the talent level. Uh, I know a lot of people want to bring up the fact that they they lost a ton of talent to the NFL, and absolutely they did. Uh, I mean, I'm really interested to see how the quarterback does in this game. No Joe Brady anymore. He's off in Carolina. Uh, how does how – does, uh, hand do and as the passing game coordinator in this game how does Bo Pelini's defense look in this game you know it's right. gonna be really interesting to see how they battle that back and forth and so that is definitely a game I think I'd probably I'm gonna stick with you know I'm, I'm gonna take the favorites in this game uh, a game that I'm interested in and not one that we talked about yet with Colin but obviously the uh, Oklahoma game versus Kansas State Ooh, hey let's get into the big 12 beat, let's get it Kansas State beat Oklahoma last year uh, this year they're going to Norman. They are 27 and a half point underdogs in this mm -hmm. game. Over under 60 and a half points. I'm banging the over in this game. For sure. Uh, I mean, if, if you look at how it went last year, obviously they got a new quarterback. It's Spencer Rattler. Uh, no C.D. Lamb. Uh, a lot of weapons are going to be different this year. How does Charleston Rambo do? It's kind of yeah. a guy. Uh, the running back situation, no Kennedy Brooks. What's going to happen with the running back situation there as he's opted out? Uh, and then you look over on the other side with Kansas State, who's known for good defense, strong defense. How does Skylar Thompson look in this game? Uh, they got a, an electric return guy. So I think it's going to be like the Big 12 that we know and we love, points, points, points. I still think Oklahoma's going to cover that 27 and a half. I, I think uh, they're they're coming out to make a statement. And I would agree. So I, I will take that, but I'm banging the over in this. It's it's over 16 and a half points for this game. You're a smart man, and I think Colin Wilson would back you up there because if Oklahoma is going to cover a 27 and a half point spread like you think they will, they're going to have to put up a absurd amount of points. So that would lead to the over, and it's big noon kickoff. It's the first time for a lot of us that didn't pay the $49.99 pay-per-view fee to watch Oklahoma dominate Missouri State to see the new Sooners offense this year. Lincoln Riley just keeps churning in quarterback. Spencer Rattler, if you didn't watch QB1 Beyond the Lights, the Netflix show, Spencer Rattler was featured on there. He's got a little bit – I don't want to call it arrogant. He's got a cockiness to him, and he backs it up. He throws a beautiful ball in that game against Missouri State. He only threw one ball that was rated by PFF that was uncatchable. Other than that, just tossing dimes across the field. 
And Kansas State this year, although their defense is normally their calling card, did not look good in their only game so far, a loss to Arkansas State. So you got to think Oklahoma comes out and puts on a show. I agree with you. Sooners cover. Take the over, too. Might as well double dip. That's how we do it. Now, you are the host of Locked On Longhorns. They play Texas Tech this week. Do the Longhorns of Texas. How do you see that game playing out, Patrick? Uh, I think this is a, a game where we're going to find a lot about the Texas Tech defense who gave up an absurd amount of yards to Houston yep. Baptist. FCS team was 0-2 now. They got to play uh, their third Division One game in a row. They're, they're playing against Louisiana Tech this weekend. Um, you know, so that is – it's going to be interesting to see how that team looks. But as far as Texas Tech is concerned, they gave up way too many yards. Their tackling was horrendous. Um, and the fact that they could only put up 35 points on that Houston Baptist defense has got me concerned. I know a lot of people think that the quarterback looked sharp in that game. He threw for 430 yards. He did have a pick. Uh, I didn't think he looked the greatest. Could it be rust? Could it be the fact that this guy hasn't played football in over a year? Mm. Uh, obviously, he was injured last year against Oklahoma the year before that. It, or two years ago, it was Oklahoma last year, uh, Arizona State, uh, you know, or Arizona. So there's a lot to be concerned about that quarterback as far as this game is concerned. Uh, last I checked, it was an 18-point spread for Texas. Right. Uh, 70 points is the over-under. I'm telling you right now, I'm banging the over in this game. There's going to be a lot of points, a lot of points. You're talking about a Texas team that put up 59 points. In the last time that they took the field, and about 42 of them were before half. Yep. Yeah, I'm taking this Texas offense against that defense. Sam Ellinger is about to go bananas in this game. Texas Tech's defense is awful. Like, flat out awful, terrible, the worst words you could describe. And if Sam Ellinger is going to make a bid for the Heisman, this is going to be the film that we see, the B-roll film of him just tossing dimes and taking advantage of a defense all across for the entire game against the Red Raiders. I like Texas to cover that spread. I like, I don't know about the over, 70 points is a lot, but I like Texas to cover the spread. I will say that. One quick thing before we get to our third segment, because we've done a lot of the Big 12. We've done a lot of the SEC with Colin Wilson. We'll talk about some ACC and some group of five games as well and give you our locked on locks. I got to ask you, though, we talked about it briefly with Colin Wilson. Upset alert this week for the Cowboys from Stillwater, Oklahoma State, 15th ranked in the country. Hosting West Virginia, Jared Dagey has looked impressive. What do you think? Is that an upset alert in Stillwater this weekend? I am going to put the Oklahoma State Cowboys on upset alert on the weekend. On a weekend where they're supposed to induct Thurman Thomas into their ring of honor, Mm. it's going to be rough. But uh, I like Jared Dagey in that offense. I did not like what I saw from that offensive line against Tulsa and the Darius Steeles. The Steels brothers are going to get after that quarterback. I completely agree with you. Oklahoma State, a seven-point favorite as it stands right now. The over-under total, 51.5. And And like Patrick mentioned in our segment with Colin, Spencer Sanders most likely not playing. It's a high ankle sprain. They haven't confirmed that yet that he won't be playing, but it's not looking good for Saturday. Leads a lot of the workload on Chuba Hubbard and a new quarterback coming in. I don't like it. I would also lean with you that the Mountaineers put – Oklahoma State on upset alert. If they don't win the game, they probably cover. So segment number three of your Friday edition of the Locked On College Football Podcast. Some ACC games in our Locked On Locks. That's coming up next. 
So we've gone through the SEC slate. We've gone through the Big 12 slate. I am Ben Stevens. He is Patrick Kahn. Now it is time to get to the ACC slate here on the Friday edition of the Locked On College Football Podcast. And one of those three top 25 battles I mentioned earlier on with Colin Wilson is taking place in the Atlantic Coast Conference this weekend. It's Pitt, number 21 in the country, hosting Louisville, number 24 ranked in the country. The Panthers, a three-point favorite, the total at 55. Patrick, I know who I'm going with in this game because Louisville's defense last week looked absolutely abysmal against Miami. Big play after big play. They didn't look like they knew what they were doing. But possibly even more concerning was the fact that the quarterback, Mikhail Cunningham, didn't really look all that much in sorts, especially was under pressure a lot last week against Miami. And it only gets worse this week because Pitt's D-line, their front seven, one of the best in the ACC, possibly in the entire country. That defense is really good. And I think their offense, although at times a little bit stagnant, Kenny Pickett, is a leader for them at the quarterback position. I like Pitt in that game against Louisville to cover and to win in this top 25 battle. I think that I would typically agree with you, but when I looked at this game, I'm looking at that under. 54 mm. and a half. I'm, I'm banging the under on this game. I think you're right. You look at the defense last week, uh, especially for Louisville and how they looked against uh, blown coverage after blown coverage. It looked like they were playing socially distant defense against yeah. Miami. Um, and I'm looking at that, and I, I think Kenny Pickett, and they're going to really – I think they're going to tear him apart. But also, because of that defense that Pitt plays, I don't think Louisville is going to score a lot of points in this. So I do agree with you. Was it the line two and a half, three and a half points? Uh, right. But I'm banging, I'm banging the under. They're not, they're not going to combine for 55 points in this game. Yeah, I think it will be more low scoring. I think it could be like a 21-14 game. Pitt's defense really being the calling card of that entire game. Of course, Notre Dame, seventh ranked in the country, postponed this week due to COVID issues in their game against Wake Forest. A couple of Virginia teams getting underway for the first time in ACC play. Virginia starting their season against Duke, who was 0-2. 20th ranked Virginia Tech opening up their season after dealing with some COVID issues against NC State, who beat Wake Forest last week. Bailey Hawkman coming in for the Wolfpack as their quarterback. We'll see what happens in that game. Boston College, 1-0, taking on a Texas State team. Phil Jerkovic, Boston College's quarterback, looked good in his debut for the Golden Eagles against Duke last week. That was the team they played. Another game I want to touch on. It's the game where college game day will be taking place this week. 12th-ranked Miami hosting Florida State. Mike Norvell, the Seminoles head coach, tested positive for COVID last week. He is in quarantine. We wish him the best of health, but it has been a very tumultuous start to his tenure in Tallahassee. I'm riding the Hurricanes and Derek King in this game. I can't go against them in this game. I, I think there's too much turmoil uh, in Tallahassee. As I said two weeks ago when I gave you my lock of the week and I took Georgia Tech in that game, I'm doing it again. Yep. I'm taking Miami. I'm riding Manny Diaz. I think the defense does enough to give some breathing room in this game. But, yeah, I'm going Hurricanes big in this one. They're going to Miami an 11 point favorite the over under total 54 I got to agree with you De'Ara King has looked fantastic this year they had one of the most efficient passing attacks in pro football focused college history in terms of expected points added per play last week big play after big play Miami does enough again I think they win by two touchdowns plus they cover they win over the Seminoles so we've gone through some ACC games as well now it is time drumroll please for our Locked On Locks of the Week. I am 0-2. Patrick, what are you? Are you 1-1? One 1-1. One? One one. One okay. one because Fair I enough. was one of those guys that went plus six against Boston College, and they kind of trolled me on Twitter afterwards. They did. Directed Not at you. me, directly at me. I mean, you could say that. I mean, that's how I took it. I mean, I sent you the text. Yeah, Whoops. My bad. Uh, not going to touch that this week. Uh, I'm actually, my Lock of the Week, I'm going to touch on a game that we talked about in segment two. 
I'm taking Texas. 18-point favorite. Lock it. Uh, I think I've gone with 49-21 to 21 over Texas Tech. I, I got them winning big. Four-touchdown favorite for me. I think, I think it's a four-touchdown game. I don't even think that's bias. I think that's a smart play. Texas Tech's defense is that bad. My lock of the week, I'm sticking with a group of five until the Big Ten is back. It is 13th-ranked UCF taking on East Carolina. The Golden Knights, a 27-point favorite. The over-under total, 77. I don't know if I can touch that, but I think UCF and their offense is rolling. Josh Heupel has Dylan Gabriel playing some of the best quarterback in play in all of the entire country. Last week, in their game against Georgia Tech, when I said it would be close, oh, man, I looked like an idiot. Dylan Gabriel threw the ball over 20 yards six separate times for a total of 207 yards on those passing attempts and a touchdown. He's flinging the thing all around the gridiron. I expect the same this week against an East Carolina team whose defense coming into this year looked awful, and it hasn't been great so far. So I like UCF in that game to cover. We would not be a college football podcast as we wrap this thing up quickly without mentioning BYU, the 18th-ranked Cougars hosting Troy in a Pac-12 after-dark game until we get the Pac-12 back, 10.30 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. Give me your quick prediction. Uh, I'm going BYU big time in this game, but let's get weird. Finally, some football after dark. You know, after after the Big 12 and everybody ends their games at 10 o'clock, I need another game to watch. Right. Uh, I'm taking BYU over Troy in this game, and I think it's Troy. I'm thinking Troy loses big. Tap into the veins. BYU a 14-point favorite, the over-under total 61. This is, is BYU for real because Troy, an undefeated football team, I think BYU is for real. I think the running back, Tyler Algier, looks great again this week. The offensive line is incredible. I mean, they work Navy. We know what that is, but they look good. So, for Patrick Kahn, the host of Locked On Longhorns, I am Ben Stevens, the host of Locked On Big Ten. We hope you enjoyed your Friday edition. Enjoy weekend four of college football.